from our epistle. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I'm going to ask all of you to put on your imagination hats or caps and ask you a question. Is the church a fenced-in castle protected by a moat, or is the church something else? Is the church analogous to a fenced-in castle protected by a great barrier with a moat, or is it something else? Is the church solely meant to work inward, or is there a component of a movement? We are given an opportunity to ask these questions today on the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost is in many ways, the origin story of a new community, a church, a family of which we are all descendants. And today is the great family reunion of the universal church. And on this day, we are given a chance to reflect. Reflect on who we are, where we have traveled, and what we aspire to be. And we recognize that the good news of salvation allows the power of the Holy Spirit to consistently move us towards being the beloved community that God desires us to be. Now, many of you have heard this term, becoming beloved community, and many of you have attributed that term to Josiah Royce, to Howard Thurman, maybe Dr. Martin Luther King. Yes, while they sort of expounded on the concept, beloved community finds its roots in the Acts of the Apostles. And to become beloved community is the vision of the gospel. And today is the day where we celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit makes room for a disparate group of people, a scattered group of people, to become one in living out the Spirit of God in their day-to-day lives. Remember the, the, the living Spirit, the living Holy Spirit that moved over creation, the Spirit of creativity, the Spirit that parted the Red Sea, remember from Sunday school? It freed the people of God from bondage, It enabled that same people that were not just of one ethnic origin, but all prisoners and slaves in Egypt to to enter through that parted sea. The spirit that removed every single barrier so that this community can, can get to know each other and to move in towards a promised land. You know, the same Holy Spirit, the same spirit, that enabled the daughter of the blessed Anne, you know, whose church we're in, 
Mary to proclaim, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seat and exalted the humble and meek. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. You know, that same spirit that came upon a group of ragamuffin commoners from Galilee, those whose very accents betrayed them to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to those in the hallowed halls of Jerusalem, the spirit that transformed people gathered from every nation, it is that spirit that molds us into becoming beloved community. Bishop Irenaeus, in uh, around 202, preached this wonderful sermon on the day of Pentecost. And he was expounding on the role of the, the Holy Spirit, the advocate. And he said, well, the Lord did promise to send the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, he compared each and every one of us as Christians, individually, as a piece of dry flour. Well, you know you can't do anything with a piece of, of dry flour, right? You can't mold it into anything. In fact, if you just collect the dry flour, it just becomes a collection of dry flour unless you have water mixed in. It is the water of baptism when added to not only one speck of flour, but to all of us collectively where we can be molded and shaped by God into being the bread that God gives into this world, to reflecting the bread of Christ in this world, the water of the Holy Spirit, the water of the baptism. Just like we need water to flourish a tree to grow, the water of baptism, the water of the Holy Spirit enables us to flourish and to bear good fruits because it liberates us from decay. And water, when it grows into the tree or through disparate seeds of flour coming together, makes us into one body, one spirit that calls us into being with each other. Today on this Feast of Pentecost, we receive an invitation. The invitation of the Holy Spirit to work on us, to work within us, to work through us, to water this land. And it does this by renewing us with the eternal water of that very Spirit, so that we who are many can be molded into a loaf of bread, Christ's very body given for the good of the world. When we proclaim and believe Jesus is Lord, we become beloved community, people of prayer who work to remove barriers of race, class, and gender. We walk with humility, knowing that we are not sufficient to fully comprehend the mysteries of God, nor do we have the right to condemn anyone, because we are called by the Spirit of God to practice hostility to anyone and everyone who walks in our midst, who are seeking love, who are seeking relationship. We do this with the knowledge 
that we are pursuing justice and dignity, striving with God's help to bear the fruits of that very spirit, the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we do all of this with the recognition that we have not arrived to the promised land, but continue to journey. We continue to journey into that place and that space, into that world where in Christ there is neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female, slave nor free, for we are all one. For we all drink and are invited to drink of that same river of eternal life promised to us on the day of our baptism into Jesus Christ. Now, if I were sitting in the pews, I'd say, well, Manoj, wonderful principles. Wonderful principles. How do we apply them? Well, again, let me raise this question. Are we as the church a castle protected by the remnants of a shattered imperial power? Or are we a movement centered on the love of Jesus, guided by the Holy Spirit? Yesterday, while uh, being at Camden Yards, I was reflecting on America's favorite pastime, my favorite pastime, baseball. Um, Baseball asked a similar question just a few years ago. Two Christians, two honorable Americans. One, a white man from Ohio, and I know one, one, one of the children that we're going to baptize has roots in Ohio. The other, a black man from Los Angeles. Different backgrounds, different races, Different classes, different. Yet united by a vision of who God is in Jesus. Now these two individuals, they challenged the fences that racially segregated baseball because, because they believed in the implications of the gospel. That God-given talent is to be honored and treasured regardless of one's background and where one has traveled from. Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson lived into the vision of Pentecost, moving the fence inch by inch, removing fences, barriers inch by inch. And they did this with a lot of emotional and physical cost to truly make baseball align with the core values of the gospel and the core values that we have espoused as a nation. So much so that on the news of Branch Rickey's death, Jackie Robinson remarked, I realized how much our relationship had deepened after I left baseball. It was that later relationship that made me feel almost Strike that. No, I have lost my own father. Branch Rickey, especially after I was no longer in the sports spotlight, recognized me 
as a son. Recognize me as a son. Baseball, once a castle, fenced in by hollowed rules, was now truly becoming a movement, truly living into the moniker of America's favorite pastime. This, my friends, is the example of bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit that worked through Robinson and Ricky, the experience of patience amidst persecution, love for God, love for neighbor, self-control amidst the most dangerous and dire circumstances. So beloved, today as we celebrate the birthday of the church, we remember that those who have heard the gospel are not asked, if you read the first lesson, they're not asked to forsake where they have come from. They're not asked to forsake their national or cultural identities. Rather, they are invited to listen and be transformed by a truth that supersedes and exceeds all that they can imagine so that they can build a movement of meaning, of truth, of depth and sacrificial love. They are called to build the kingdom of God's love on this earth. So my beloved friends, my brothers, my sisters, and I can call you that, of St. Anne's, the questions that I have for you are simple and yet complex. How do you see the church? Is our church a fortified castle surrounded by a moat? Or is it a movement that breaks the power of canceled sin, sets the prisoner free, and calls us into the ultimate beloved community of saints like Branch Rickey, Jackie Robinson, and those who died to bring the kingdom of God on this earth? The answer to that question is sitting here. The hope of that question lies with the children wet we are going to baptize today. And so my second question, or maybe my 10th question, I'm not sure. Uh, how do you see your commitment to Christ's Lordship? Is it fenced in? Or is it secure? Or are you willing to risk for the sake of sharing the love of God who loves each and every one of you, my dear brothers and sisters, so deeply, so intimately?